All right, y'all. Welcome back to another episode here of uh, the podcast, the Run and Resist. <clears throat> Excuse me, the Run and Resist podcast. That's that coffee, man. It's the coffee. I literally I take a sip every time before we start. I feel like it's, <laughs> it's so weird. If you're in the room, you know this. It's a cold start. We just rolled, it's a tradition but now. it is. It is a tradition. And so I'm here, and I got two people around the table. Yeah, uh, Ethan, normally here. So yep. nothing Good special there. I know. No, <laughs> I you're know. very special, man. Yeah. I love you. So yeah. Ethan's here. We're talking. We're hanging out, and then we have. A guest. What is your name, special mystery guest? Hi, I'm Emily. <laughs> I feel like if I say my full name, it sounds it sounds too official. Like too Emily Roar. Yeah. Yes. Like I don't know any of you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Is it the what? What is the? Is it the mask musician or the mask? Oh, uh, the mask singer. The mask yeah. singer. Yeah. That's it. I, that's what it felt love like. That. You're like exactly. the. I don't know. The, the secret guest. The secret guest. The yeah. special guest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Welcome it's, to the podcast. Thank you. It, it's I'm like we're all here. masks. We're all masked though on this because nobody sees our face. That's they true. just listen to our voices. That's true. But well, I'm so glad you're here. Emily, let's do this. So you're your special guest. You're the, actually we were talking about this before. You're the first person like to be on a podcast with yeah. Ethan and I that's not a pastor. That is an honor. This is huge. <laughs> yeah. At least the first person that like we're recording with that isn't. So this is this probably is a really good thing. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. It's awesome. So we're glad you're here. But we want to know, like for people who are listening who might not know you yeah uh give us back like who is emily so like like tell us about your family what you like to do for fun maybe where you work all those sort of fun things yeah so um i was born and raised in norton ohio amen um but i actually (laughs) didn't grow up going to church here um i'll give that kind of backstory in a second i'm an only child um both my parents live in norton i still live in norton so it's kind of homegrown um i went to norton high school i went graduated from kent state um now is I, that the farthest you've been away from home? Kent <laughs> actually, you got like Norton blood. Like, I know. I I'm actually went for one semester to Bowling Green. Oh, really? You really? That. I, I went to not. Bowling Green. No way. Um, for one semester, transferred home, lived with my parents for two years, and then I lived on campus for two years. Okay. And then yeah, and now I've kind of just been around the area what, after I graduated. What did you study at? Yeah. Kent and Bowling yeah. Green. So I studied early childhood education at both of them. Um, okay. I really enjoyed BG. I just realized that after being there, some of the things that I were wanting was wanting for my future would be closer here. Yeah. Um, and it was just an overall better choice for me at the time. Um, so I'm I'm grateful now looking back that, that that's where I landed is at Kent. Um, so yeah, I graduated. I went to school to be a teacher. And I did that for two years. My first year was starting during COVID. And I actually, yeah, literally <laughs> the best timing. Um, so I was in the classroom for literally like two and a half months. And then COVID happened. Wow. And I was one of the teachers, like every other teacher that transferred to learn how to do online. Oh, yeah. And that was interesting, let me tell you. Um, and so- What were you teaching? Second grade. Like second grade? Yeah. Okay. And so then <laughs> um, after that, I taught another full year of second grade. In the meantime, I was still teaching dance. So I grew up dancing um, and that was just something that was my passion growing up. And so I was teaching dance and teaching school at the same time. And it just wasn't something I could do. It wasn't sustainable. Mm. It was doable, but it wasn't sustainable. And I feel like I've had to learn the difference between the two. I think you can do something for a good amount of time, but for it to sustain, it can't be a long period of time. And so I was like, all right, I kind of have to wrestle with which one I end up choosing. And um, I was really leaning into God for this one. And kind of after a lot of prayer and talking with mentors and things like that, I ended up um, deciding to just teach dance full time. So I'm at three different studios in like Northeast Ohio area. Um, 
which I love. I get to see kids. I see like 150 kids a week, wow. which is really cool. Between do you, do you ever get the dances like mixed up? Like, oh, this was for Dance Studio One, but I'm doing it at Dance Studio Three. Or what? I don't normally get them mixed up, but I'll like forget a part. Yeah, and uh, I, I like normally there's one kid yeah. in the class that knows what they're talking about, <laughs> and I'm like, all right, Eloise, what yeah. is that part? Yeah, and they're yeah. like, all right, I know it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I love what I do. Um, I've been at Grace Church in regards to like uh, church home. I've been here now. I was trying to think about this when okay. I got your notes. I think I'm a little bit past five years. Wow. Christmas, I think, was five years for me. Wow. Okay. And so... How did you get connected? Yeah. Like, you grew up in Norton, so I'm imagining you you know Grace Church. Like, yeah. The, Probably driven by it one or yeah. two times. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> so, yeah. I heard, it, that I heard about it when the, when the fire happened, actually. Really? That was really? like really the first time I had like heard about it. Like, oh, Grace Church, Norton yeah. had a fire. They were like doing services, I think, Which at the high sense. school. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then, actually, um, someone else I knew in high school at the time was coming here. Mm. And I started coming with them a little bit. Um at the time, my family was looking for a new church home because the one we were going to, um, they were kind of choosing a new church building and that can get yeah. um, interesting. Oh, yeah. And so we were just looking for a new church home and my parents were kind of um, diving out into other churches, seeing what they liked. And I had remembered during high school that I enjoyed coming to service here. Um, and so this was mm -hmm. now college um, and I had somebody invite me to a young adult group at Friendsgiving and I came oh. and I was like, oh, this is interesting. That's crazy. And I actually didn't come back for like a year. <laughs> and really? No, I didn't. Oh. I know. Okay. What, what was the first time like when you first, like Friendsgiving is a unique feel to come yeah. check it out. But It was over at the hub. Okay. Okay. That's very oh, different feel. That yeah. One. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. probably smelled amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I walked in and I was like, oh, I'm going to know a ton of people from high school. Yeah. And I honestly didn't. Okay. Like I maybe knew like two or three. Mm -hmm. Um, but like I said, I was, this was in college, so I was going to Kent. It was kind of a drive for me. Yeah. Um, and there was a couple of friends I was with that were going to a church up near campus. So I hadn't settled here completely at the time. Yeah. And so I just hadn't felt like a specific, I, like being grounded somewhere specific. And I was like, I really want to have somewhere where I call my church home. Yeah. Um, somewhere I can dive into community and like, just not feel like I'm a, I pop in on Sundays and pop out and don't know anybody type of person. Yeah. yeah. And so um, I ended up starting to go to service here by myself. Um, I had invited my parents then. And so my parents came, I believe it was a Christmas Eve service. Mm. And they were like, well, we love it. Yeah, and I cool. was like, okay, good, because I love it too. <laughs> and so it works out. Yeah. So um, it took probably about... I would say maybe six months of me going here yeah. to then somebody invited me to young adult group again. We were at Dan's house in the summer. Okay. Oh, I yeah. came and I was like, I'm in, I'm mm. in, I'm sold. Wow. And so, yeah, what, you guys what haven't about been it able was, to get rid of me. Yeah. What, what about that was like, he made you yeah. uh, go in. So, so at the speak. time, um, how young adult group was being run, it was in the summer, obviously at Dan's house. Yeah. And so, you, I think, were leading. And okay. then we would break off into three big groups. Yeah. It wasn't smaller pods. Yep. Yeah. And um, Brandon Wessig was actually leading the group I was in. Uh, okay. And a name drop right there. Yeah, uh, there Only was, a few would know. <laughs> Only a few. <laughs> and um, there was probably like 17, 18 people in my group. It was huge. Yeah. And I just remember he did something that was kind of like intimidating, but also I loved it um, as a first time person is we went around saying prayer requests and... Yeah. Um, I said my repair request and then he looked to someone in the group and said, would you pray for this person mm. when we go around? So it wasn't just like, 
uh, okay, we're we're saying our prayer requests, mm. and then we're like dabbing out, so have a good week. Yeah. It was like, hey, will you intentionally pray for this person that you don't even really know? Wow. And at the same time, I also had to do the same for someone. So I I had forgotten her name. I looked. I'm so sorry. <laughs> What's your name? Yeah. I'm gonna yep. I'm gonna do your prayer request, and so it just felt very intentional. It felt wow. very communal. Mm. Um, I felt different. I felt it felt homey. Yeah. yeah. And so, um. I liked that the gospel was being shared. I liked that it was fun. I liked that, yeah, it just felt like everybody was one one big team. And That's so awesome, yeah. I was like, I'm sold. And I kept coming back. And yeah, like I said, you can't get rid of me. That's cool. Yeah, I'm going to have to be 30 when you guys came <laughs> <laughs> Still be like, That's too like good. no, I haven't it. I haven't Well, I, I'm curious about this like, in general. So like been coming to Grace and I, so you said like about five years. Yeah. How long would you say you've been following Jesus at this point? Like kind of where like did that start for you? Like where did that relationship start to where you're at now? Yeah. So um, I was raised in a church going family. We would go on Sundays um, actually at a really, really small church up by Rolling Acres. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's where my parents got um, after they got married. That's where they landed. And so, yeah, my mom played piano. My dad ran sound. We were very in on this small church. And so from a very young age, I knew who Jesus was. I knew we went to church on Sunday. Um, I gave my life to him when I was about six or seven. I got baptized at eight. And so, yeah, at the beginning, I really knew. I had an idea of what was going on. Right. Um, the basics, I feel like, in a sense. Yeah. You give your life to Jesus, you get baptized. Mm-hmm. Um, and so actually that church ended up having a, a smaller like middle school group, like I was maybe one of two people and I was having a really hard time going because I just wasn't encouraged. I wasn't wanting to go. So we ended up actually transferring to a different church at the time um, that had a bigger community, really great um, middle school um, student men program. And I loved it. I was sold in. I was going to church camp. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. And um, I feel like through that, I stayed there through high school um, into slightly a little bit of college. Um, I was kind of able to see uh, leaders and mentors show me what it looked like for them to follow Jesus. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like I was like, all right, I'm going on Sunday. I'm doing what I need to do. Yeah. I'm looking a little bit different than them, but I feel like I can kind of do this on Sundays and let this roll, which honestly goes very well with our conversation <laughs> today. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, yeah. So I feel like there were times during high school and, and even during college, I was in a sense, quote unquote, on fire for Jesus yeah. and like, all right, I, I want to be doing this. I want to live how he wants me to. And then it would be very easy for life to kind of grab a hold of me in a sense. Um, mm-hmm. So I went to college. I, uh, through that, had an interesting relationship that kind of, um, in a way, I felt like was pulling me away from Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, college life gets busy and it's mm-hmm. much different than living at home. Yes. So in a way, I felt like that was pulling me away from Jesus. Um, and during this time of wanting to find a church home, I just felt like God was pulling on my heart like, hey, I need you to fully commit to me. Hmm. This can't be a, you go on Sundays after Saturday night activities. This can't be a, you just pray when you need something type of deal. And so honestly, after landing at Grace, um, like I said, there was about six months where I wasn't going to young adult group, but I was just coming. And I I really felt God tugging at my heart. And I remember there was um, a service, it was a 9.30 service and I was sitting uh, on the left side and I just remember the Lord just like, kind of like shattered me in a sense in the best way possible. 
And I just started bawling my eyes out. Mm. And I just sat down. Everyone's standing up in worship. And I'm sitting down and I'm just like, I I can't do this my way anymore. Mm. Um, It's not working out. I'm exhausted. I'm worn out. It feels like I'm playing almost two lives in a sense. And so I was trying to navigate, okay, God, what does it look like for me to fully be all in for you? What does it look like to be, in a sense, a disciple of Jesus? And so... I started going to young adult group a little bit more, trying to still figure out that process um, of like, what does it look like during a weekly basis, not just on Sunday, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, what does that look like for me to follow you, Jesus? And I feel like in the past five years, he's really done a work in my heart of like, um, I don't wanna live like in a sense for me anymore. I wanna live for him and and I know his ways are best and to protect me and to love me. and. And I'm seeing as I grow in relationship with him that he genuinely just wants my heart. He doesn't want anything else for me. He doesn't, he wants me to give up everything so that he can be my everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think um, well he's said, really yeah. taught me that. Yeah. Well, that, that whole, everything you're talking about really fits in, like you said, with kind of where we're going. Yeah. But it's so true because what I'm hearing you say is like you were living in that tension of like, I said yes to Jesus. Yeah. Like, I know who he is. I kind of grew up hearing that. Like, I know that. Um, but then you hit a certain point where it's like, okay, is this actually taking over my life? Is yeah. this actually like rewriting my story or mm-hmm. is it just a facade? Because, mm-hmm. and that, I feel like naturally everybody hits that point at a time yeah. where it's easy. Like you said, like you're in college, you're doing sort of like everything kind of like explodes. You have so much like, you know, stuff going on in your life. So to like walk then into like what it means to like we're talking about today, abiding, running into abiding is something totally different. Mm-hmm. And so, as we walk into this conversation, I'm actually like curious to hear like how your story plays in this and like kind of what God has done and is doing in the midst of this, yeah. where we talk about, so this tension of, I want to run into what Jesus has for me. I want to resist what the world is drawing me to and what I'm probably most comfortable with. And so we talked about this actually already at Young Adults, had a conversation with it a few weeks back yeah, as you, we're recording this. You teed that up for I, us yes. last, uh, I don't know, uh, several months back. Yeah. And why don't you give a framework for what we're talking yeah. about today? Yeah. So, so this idea of abiding, so we're going to want to run into abiding and we're going to resist Sunday. So this is something that is fascinating. I pulled up. Uh, Which doesn't mean don't, don't go to church That on doesn't Sunday. mean don't, yeah. <laughs> that's not what yeah. we're saying. To clarify, <laughs> that doesn't mean, yeah, you run away from church on Sunday. But what it, it, what it is, is we oftentimes have this Sunday mentality mm-hmm. where churches, like everybody think about, thinks about church, they think about Sunday or they think about following Jesus. They think, oh yeah, I go to church on Sunday, which Yes, that is true. That's something a huge part of like what like culture for the church over the past 2000 years has been. It's like there's a set day where the the body of believers, a group of people who all say they follow Jesus come together and celebrate. But to follow Jesus, what he he asks of us is not just one day out of the week, not just a section in our lives, but Jesus says, "No, I want to be Lord of your life. I want to be a part of everything." And so we talk about like abiding looks like, how do I spend my life with Jesus? How do I let him kind of be the center of that? And uh, if you guys were at group that night, I, I read a portion of a book um, mm. called My Heart, Christ's Home. Dude, I encourage you guys so to get good. it. Oh no, my it's gosh, great. it was and so good. That, that book is something, I actually had a, a teacher of mine years ago share that book with me and it's very short. It's like 30 pages and yeah. it's like a small little pamphlet. It's really easy to read. Um, I encourage you to look it Which up on Amazon. Which is why it's so good. <laughs> exactly, like he crams so much good stuff in such a small thing, but it's, it's like, it's an illustration. It's a picture. Um, and and it's, it kind of reads that way um, of like Jesus moves into this guy's home 
And the guy's like, I want you to be a part of my life. I want you to do all this sort of stuff. And he opens his heart, his home to him. And Jesus slowly starts to like, you know, like become a part of every aspect of the home. But yet the guy in the story, um, which you, you can read it as yourself, there's a closet upstairs that's locked with a dead thing in it that's stinking mm. and like, and we don't want to give it up. And Jesus says like, listen, I came in here not to just like be a small part of your life. Like, like I'm here to like clean the whole house. Yeah. I'm here to like kind of change you from the inside out. And that's the difference between Sunday and abiding. Like I can let Jesus have the one corner in my home, one aspect of that. But we said this abiding says, no, I'm going to give the keys of my life to Jesus. I'm going to give the whole deed of my house, my heart to him and let him have access to everything to clean it all out, to work through it. And, and I think that actually sets up a great, like, you know, picture of what this run and resist idea is, is like, the whole idea is I want to run into Jesus being the Lord of my life. I want to like run into that. And um, if you're looking for scripture where you can see the heart of Jesus in that, I run no further than John 15. John yeah, 15, I'm the true vine. It's classic. And it, and what Jesus is basically saying is, uh, I have underlined here in my Bible, um, apart from me, you can do nothing. He looks, whoever abides in me, there's our word, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Uh, who have, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers and is burned. But if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So like he paints this picture in this passage of you need to be connected. You need to be with me. And and we think about it, it's like, I, I can't just like it, a beautiful picture I've heard is like, you can't just eat a meal on Sunday and expect it to last a whole week. Like you're going to starve yourself mm. and and you'll be clamoring into Sunday. Like I need food. It's like, Jesus says, no, like come like be with me every day. So that's sort of like where we're going. Yeah. Can, can we talk is. to that for a second? Like yes. what, what do you guys uh, think the danger is in just the Sunday mentality of, of having, or what would be dangerous in that if we just kind of went on Sunday clocked out the rest of the week or right. kind of played it the rest of the week. What are some dangers to that? Yeah. I would say even honestly, what Garrett said was something I had wrote down is like, you can't go off of a cup of coffee. If it's full at the top, it's going to be empty by the end of the week. Right. You can't just fill it up on Sunday and think that you'll quench your thirst every single day. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I would say that's a danger of it. I would also say, um, I feel like on Sundays it's very easy to get this, in a sense, a spiritual high of mm-hmm. like, I came to church, I got my worship on, yeah. I took my notes, I went to young adult group, I'm hyped up, <laughs> and then it's like, you kind of dip afterwards. Yeah, You have this really high, and then you're in a downward spiral of like, what's happening during my week, are hard things going mm-hmm. on? It's like, well, I, I can't just go off of what I did on Sunday yeah. to keep my faith going. Yeah. I'm gonna need to dip into the word, I'm gonna need to have some accountability, I'm gonna need to be in my prayer life more. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think there's also an aspect of, I can feed off of somebody else's faith. Yeah. hundred Where if I look and say, so we'll use young adults as an example. So yeah. Ethan, you're sharing on a Sunday night, mm-hmm. you're, you're leading group, you're doing awesome. And I come only on Sunday and you've put in the work and the time to study and like learn more about like what we're going to be talking about. And you share from the outpouring of like your time from that past week, running into God's word and like thinking about what you want to share with the group. And that's wonderful. And that's what we're here to do is like have, you know, somebody like you would Mm. know more than the average individual, like you've gone to school for this, done this. And so it's like, yeah, we want to learn from you. We want to take in. But what can happen is if I resist, if I rely on that purely to get through my week, what I'm doing is I'm taking the time that you've spent with Jesus and 
taking it on me and saying, well, then that was my time with Jesus. And it's like, no. Yeah. It's, there's, there's a story I'm, I'm thinking of in yeah. Exodus where uh, uh, I think it's Exodus 30, 34, mm-hmm. somewhere in that range of those right. 30s uh, where uh, God shows up on Mount Sinai oh gosh, and the it. people are... You know I, where I'm at? I wrote this down in my notes. Did you really? This is crazy. <laughs> yeah, that, that's wild. I, like, it's Exodus. <laughs> if I, it's what I think you're talking yeah. about. It's Exodus 33. Okay, go ahead. And so I wrote it down in my notes. Um, can I read a smidge? Yeah, is go for it. Really oh, go cool? for it. I'd love that. We actually I, don't read the Bible on this podcast. I'm joking. <laughs> oh <laughs> my gosh. Somebody's going to like take a cut of that and like. <laughs> there it is. This there might be something that you cut out while I'm, uh, I'm searching my, my Bible. But um. Yeah, I think it's that's crazy. If it's what I'm thinking, you're talking yeah. about. I don't mean to steal your no, thunder. No, go for it, steal it. Um, the ten of meeting is that what you're referring to? Go for it. All right, I'm gonna tell you what I was going off of, and yeah. then you can feed in. Um, <laughs> all right, I'm in 33, and this is seven. Um, Moses took the tent and pitched it outside the camp, a good distance from the camp, and called it the tent of meeting. And anyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting, which was outside the camp. So whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people would rise up and stand, every man at the entrance of his tent, and gaze after Moses until he entered the tent. And whenever Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the entrance of the tent, and the Lord spoke with Moses. When all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, all the people rose up and worshipped, every man at the entrance of his tent. The Lord spoke to Moses face to face, just as a man speaks to his friend. When he returned to the camp, his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man did not depart from the tent. Is that where you were going? No, but <gasps> but go go uh, with that go idea. With go it? with it. Roll go with, with it. it. Okay, so I went to Passion yeah. in January, um, Passion Conference, which is a Christian conference, um, and Christine Kane actually preached on this. Yeah, mm. and um, I had never heard Christine Kane preach before, so I was like really interested. Mm. And I also love Exodus; like yeah. it's yeah. probably in my top five, yeah. which I feel like is very abnormal because most people don't like love the Old Testament. Which I'm, I'm all in. Anyways, so long story short, um, in verse seven, and anyone who sought the Lord would go to the tent of meeting, um, which was outside the camp. So like anyone had a free pass is what I'm gathering from this. Like it was like all access pass. Anyone yeah. could go. But Moses was the only one, in a sense, going to meet with the Lord. Mm. And so these people are standing at their own tents like, hey, cool, that's awesome. Yeah. But no one is making the step to go as well. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I'm kind of correlating with that. Like, okay, Moses is the one in this sense, like having his own faith, meeting with Jesus, yeah. and everyone else is on the outside. Like, woohoo, that's awesome. Yeah. But they're not. They have the all access pass. They're just not yeah. going themselves. Yeah. And what's fascinating too, like you 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 take that story into the gospel. Like the, the beauty of the tent of meeting was that was a specific place where like the, the glory of God dwelt. Yeah. Uh, was at, well, it was in the Holy of Holies within like the, you know, we can get into all that sort of stuff. But <laughs> basically what you see is like there is an aspect of God's holiness then comes into Jesus because Jesus is God. Yeah. And you read, like we just celebrated Easter like the other week as of recording this. And what's fascinating is you read that the the curtain is torn mm. when Jesus dies. Yeah. And when he rises again, like we have direct access to it. Yeah. So I don't need to stand outside the tent to hide from God's glory. Yeah. Otherwise I'll die. It's like, no, we have access now. Like the, the curtain tearing is like that a beautiful example of like, we have direct access to God in this moment. Yeah. I have direct access to be with him, to go to him. So who am I to like neglect that? 
and and to feed off of somebody else's faith right to where like you know like you about to like with with ethan like he has the faith like he's going to the tent he's meeting with god face to face right wonderful great for him and then he shares what he learns with me i love that that's great that's the beauty of church is like we're able to share in that together and walk the same path but if I neglect to be with Jesus, when that doorway has been open to me, mm-hmm. like you said, when like the, the invitation has gone out, I can go and I can walk with God. If I neglect that, then I neglect what I have the ability to to like take in for myself. Right. And, and and Jesus calls us to have like a personal faith with him. It's mm-hmm. it's not a hey, follow this one guy that, you know, has all the answers. It's like no, come follow me. Like, like I'm like I'll work through other people. They'll teach you to do these things. But like, you have direct access to me, right? In and through this, totally. Yeah. Sorry to go off on that. No, I told no, you I'm a was, tangent talker. That was so good. That was so good. Where were you going uh, to access? I, that's what I was trying to think. Uh, I was just trying to look it up here. Uh, I think it's somewhere. It might be earlier than what I was thinking. Somewhere in the 1920 range of Exodus. Mm. That's what I was trying. Uh, but. God shows up to the people somewhere in Mount Sinai mm-hmm. and in the cloud of thunder and smoke. Yeah. And, and it's just like epic. It's yeah. just like crazy. And the people literally are like, Moses, don't let that happen again. Yeah. We don't want to do that again. Like that was way too intense for us. Mm. Would you be the one to go up on behalf and go up the mountain to yeah. talk to God for us? And so just that, idea of we often yeah. want other people to do all the work for us mm-hmm. where it's like no jesus is the one who did all the work for us yeah. he's the one who mediates before us and yeah. we are invited into that relationship rather yeah. than me or you or yeah. you like anybody yeah. doing the work of our faith oh my gosh, for us. yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there's a beauty in, in being able to to, to be face to face with god we yeah. don't have to hide from him and he makes himself available to us. Um, and, and I think there's even something interesting to this too. I'll say this and then we'll keep moving. This is something I'm really passionate about, which is I think why I, you know, fought <laughs> you to talk about it. Um, good. But there, there is a part of it of, I think a lot of times people view like time with Jesus, like you just want me to read a book. Mm. You just mm. want me to read a book. And I'm looking, I'm saying, no, um, this is more than just a book. Yeah. Like th- these are the words of life. And and it, and it's hard for some, sometimes people to wrap their mind around that. And it's like, if like Pastor Dan, I remember him saying this a long time ago, if you spend enough time reading the Bible, you, it'll start to look like a mirror. And what, what's hard for, I think a lot of people is I spend enough time reading God's word and it'll expose my sin, mm-hmm. it'll yeah. expose the, the deep things about me. And we don't like to do that. But if I abide, if I, abiding takes time, after a while that'll start to happen. But don't, don't run away at that point because you can see that like thunder and like lightning and imagine the wrath of God coming down on my sinful self. Like I can't, like that scares me. But then keep reading, keep staring longer into the pages and the mirror turns into a picture of Jesus. Yeah. And you see the grace of God. You see something beautiful. That's where it's the living word. That's where it becomes something beyond that. Um, and that's the beauty of abiding. Like if I only get a quick glance at it, I look and then I run the other way and I, I miss out on the wealth that there is to be found there. Uh, I'm curious about this, like for, for you guys, like we have this aspect, uh, like we're talking about tension a lot and this run and resist, like there's a tension of like running to this while resisting the things of the world that I'm so used to, so caught up in. Um, for for you guys have been following Jesus for a time, like, but still like we're all like in this midst of young adulthood, figuring out life, bills, you know, like Ethan, you have a kid on the way, you know, yes, like all this lots stuff. Lots of bills. We're still, yeah, right. <laughs> working full time yeah. um, while navigating like friends, relationships, things like that. What does it look like then personally to, to resist the Sunday mentality? 
Because I think that's still, like, even for somebody like who's been following Jesus for a while, that can still be um, a, a, a temptation to want to fall into. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh I think of just a beautiful story that I've been pondering on a little bit now. Uh, it's it was actually in a book uh, John Ortberg wrote mm-hmm. called Soul Keeper, Soul Keeping, Soul Keeping. Soul I think, keeping. yeah, Soul Keep Keeper, one of those. <laughs> uh, but it's a it's a fairly short read. But he opens the book and he talks about a stream, and just just in like. Uh, pastor fashion I'm, I'm training to be a pastor i'm like you ask me a direct question i'm like all right I'll, let me tell you a story let me tell you a story uh, yeah. so he opens the book <laughs> with a stream of uh, uh kind of on this mountain and uh, at the bottom of the mountain there's a village and the village is thriving and starting to grow and this stream is just this beautiful uh stream that's fed from these deep springs in the mountain and uh as this village is growing, the kids are out playing in the water. There's geese uh, hanging around the, the edge of the water and ducks and uh, rainbow trout swimming through mm-hmm. it. And it's this crystal clear, beautiful stream that's just flowing. And there's this old man at the top of the mountain who continue. He's the stream keeper, which is just a random job. Uh, could you imagine having that job? No. You're just the stream keeper. And so what he would do is he would constantly take the branches out. He would take the uh, debris that would fall in. He would make sure the stream is kept clean and utilized. Well, the city start or the village starts to expand into this city. And as they are expanding, they're doing lots of rapid growth. The city is paying this old man to kind of clean this river and uh, make sure the springs are kept and all that. And, and they're like, why are we wasting our money on paying this old guy? Like, let's just kind of cut his job. So they stopped paying him, and he stopped, obviously, showing up to work. Mm. And at the first day, you don't notice anything. A week yeah. goes by, you don't notice anything. month goes by, you don't really notice a ton. But he talks about the long-term effect of months, days, weeks, years, all that, where uh, after a while, the stream started not to be much of a stream, but like this stagnant pool, this mm. muddy uh, debris was falling into it. The geese flew away. The rainbow trout died. The the children don't play in mm. the water anymore uh, because of how much their city was expanding. They were trying to build roads. They were trying to cut and save money on different things to use money differently. Well, they didn't realize they cut the very life that started growing. Them. Wow. And so they hire him back and the stream gets clean and it, it looks beautiful again. Well, he talks about, uh, he's, he's got this epic line he ends the story with that your soul is the stream and you are the keeper, right? And so uh, he talks about the, the, the spring of water that flows from the mountain is that time of abiding with God. God's the one who forms the stream, makes the stream flow, all of that. You're not the source of it. But we... Uh, often get cluttered with debris, with branches, with mud, with whatever, and it cuts off the life. I just think about when things are growing, when things are, when I'm doing a lot and the city's building, or I'm trying to build my own city of whatever it is, my career, my family life, my whatever, and I don't take care of the main stream, my soul that is abiding with Jesus. It's that tension that I feel that 
that is very slow for me. Yeah. Like I won't feel it if I miss a day with uh, in the morning where I don't read or don't pray or don't whatever, mm. uh, spend time with Jesus. Or if I miss a week, it's like, oh man, I feel it a little bit, but not not terribly. But mm. it's the long-term effect that like scares me, you know? Yeah. Uh, so when you talk about what's the tension look like, I think for me, it's, uh, it's hard. It's hard mm. to see right away because you, yeah. you're like you see the stream flowing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the, the hope then would be abiding would be taking care of the stream, mending yeah. it, taking care of all that. So then I love that picture, by the way, that's beautiful. Yeah. I, I, think, I didn't come up with it. Well, no. Yeah. Well, you shared it. So thank God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but like within the consciousness, so it's like, we're hoping to run into that. And that like, you read about that. It's like, I think that's a beautiful description because to abide takes like, time yeah. takes effort um it takes a, a sort of discipline mm-hmm. even to go mm-hmm. be constant in it be ready so how does that show up in our our spiritual walk with jesus then like what does abiding look like how, how do i even practically seek to to clean the stream to to be in the midst of it and to not neglect it to the point to where i i choke my you know whole being from its source like what does that look like practically like i don't know if there's practices that you guys have seen do yourselves or like things like that um like what does it look like to abide in jesus so i feel like i've kind of developed my system over time it's not something that just i was like oh this works great for me because i feel like different seasons Mm -hmm. of life i need to do different things Mm -hmm. in different times Mm -hmm. um so i have found that my best Bible time is in the morning. If I, I work later in the evening, so I get home at 10 typically. Mm-hmm. And if I'm like, all right, I'm gonna try to do my Bible time tonight. Either I am too tired, I fall asleep while doing it, or I talk myself out of it because I'm too fleshy. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And so I've even found that if I schedule a lot of things early in the morning when I'm wanting to do that Bible time, like, okay, I have coffee with so-and-so at nine, I'm not a super early riser. I know that I'm gonna either need to get up really early or I'm gonna need to make sure after that coffee, I don't have any other plans to make yeah. sure I go home and do that. Yeah. If I schedule things back to back, my Bible time's already out the window. Yeah, yeah. And so I think it's just been, for me personally, finding a, a system that's worked and knowing mm-hmm. myself and that I am I am human. I am not always super disciplined. I am not someone that like is always, all right, I'm gonna wake up at 5.30 and read my Bible right now with my candle and my cup of coffee, even though that might be you, Ethan. <laughs> yeah. And so that's just, that's just not me. Did I call you out? I'm sorry. It's, it's a little bit described too much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a little I'm real. I'm sorry. No, that's good. I'm sorry. But I just know that's not me. Yeah. So I've had to figure out what works for me and yeah. stay very specific about, mm. okay, this is when I know I can I can really prioritize Jesus. Um, and I was listening to a podcast a couple of weeks ago, um, and he pretty much said, like, Jesus doesn't want our leftover time because that's not prioritizing him. He doesn't want our scraps. Like he doesn't want our extra five minutes I have. I mean, don't get me wrong, he would take it. But that's like prioritizing him looks like I'm gonna set this time aside specifically so I can just be with him. And even in that Exodus passage I was reading, Christine Kane, I love at the very end, she said, and I I wouldn't have noticed it either, um, that Joshua stayed there. And the fact that like she went into the fact of like, Pretty much Joshua wanted to linger in the Lord's presence. Mm, yeah. And how often do we give ourselves the space and the time to actually linger? Like, I'm going to give myself 
like not just 15 minutes to do my Bible time. How often do I say, you know what, God, I'm going to sit down. You hold me here as long as you want me here. Like you work in me, you like, I'm going to read, I'm going to pray, but like speak to me what you need to for whatever amount of time. It's very hard to find that time, but to like prioritize him over other things, Mm -hmm. I feel like is important practically. I would also say like, um, I like find accountability groups, find a good Bible study group. Um, I would say like prayer life in the sense of I've just recently started on my drives home home from work. I don't do music. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I need to make this time. Oh, if it's going to be silent, I need to make it <laughs> yeah. like yeah. just talking with Jesus. Yeah. Now I'll listen to music on the way there. Don't get me wrong. But I'm like, all right, on the way home, let me unpack my day with yeah. him. And normally it would be there listening to music or calling somebody. And I'm like, I'm really going to try to be specific about, let me unpack what I just did, what happened today, my feelings, all the things that I need to with him specifically before mm-hmm. I run to other things. Um, I would also say practically, like even just adding in, like I love podcasts. Like mm-hmm. I know we're on one, but yep. like I do love podcasts. Um, I love breakaway ministries has a great one. Um, I love listening. There's a couple like girl podcasts that I like to listen to that yeah. are like Christian podcasts. Yeah. But in the sense of like, I'm not saying those are replacements mm. for a time with the Lord or reading your Bible like that is, should be number one. But I think those are great additions too. Yeah. And I think sometimes it's easy to think, okay, on Sunday, I'm going to go to church. I, like I said, we talked about filling up our cup that filled up my cup, but that can't be like a replacement for your daily week with him, mm. your daily time with him. Yeah, and yeah. it's to be layered like a cake. You just don't want a plain cake with no icing on it. Mm. You're going to want the cake with the icing, with the candles, with the sprinkles. You're going to want to layer it so that yeah. it tastes even better. And in that same way, your time with Jesus is going to be even better when you layer it. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. so good. I love that. Uh, you didn't say it this way, but just wasting time with Jesus. You're like, how do you linger? How do you just, it feels like a waste, but it's actually an investment, the best kind of yeah. investment I can make. So I'm just going to add in this. Um, yeah. During the pancake breakfast, I went around asking um, the tables. If you don't know, we did a pancake mm-hmm. breakfast and it was um, some older folk from our church yeah. um, with some young adults. And so um, I went around just asking the table, like, hey, what's one piece of advice you would give in your walk with Jesus? Mm. And... Um, the one thing, I mean, there was a lot of things that stuck with me, yeah. but specifically when thinking of this podcast today, someone told me, have Jesus on your mind as much as possible mm. throughout the day. Wow. And you can't go wrong with that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, like, wow. Like the more he's on your mind, the more you're talking with him, the more you're in his word, the more like you can't lose. Yeah. Like he's on your team. Yeah. Like he is the LeBron to your cast. Like, <laughs> I, yeah. I know anyone that listens to basketball or follows basketball, yep. they're going to be like, Alex, that was a horrible reference, yep. but he's Sorry. not even playing for the Cavs. Yeah. But anyways, like if he's on your team, if you're with him, you can't yeah. lose. If you're talking with him, if you're thinking of him, if you're in the word with him, like, like he is your ultimate teammate. Mm-hmm. Yes. So why wouldn't I want to be thinking about him as much as possible yeah. during the day? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think there's something to it with, um, like I think about people who probably are listening to this and like we say this at young adults. I mean, you don't have to agree with that. Everything we say to be involved here at grace to come to young adults, I'd say even to listen to this podcast, yeah. Yeah. you don't have to agree with everything he said. And, um, yet what we're going to say over and over again is that Jesus is the most important person to ever walk the face of the earth. Yeah. He is God in flesh. Um, and I, I think about this is it honestly doesn't surprise me 
um, that some people don't follow Jesus because I think there's an I like or don't follow Jesus in this way and they just show up on Sunday because I think it's easy for us to make Jesus a small God easy to think well you know he's like uh, pastor dan says here my heavenly homeboy and it's oh like my it's like yeah he's that. right it's uh, it's funny because it's like yeah jesus is my friend he's close with me and yet sometimes uh, and I, I encourage whoever is listening to this just like to wrestle with okay who is jesus really we were, we were talking a few weeks ago in service um uh we're, we're walking through the series talking about who jesus is and if jesus is who he says he is if he's truly god it should baffle us that the God of the universe, the one who made us, the one who created everything around us, like that he would draw so near, make himself so available to us. And I'll be honest, if the God of the universe looks and says, I want to have a relationship with you, why would I run away from that? Why would I? And, you know, we live crazy lives. We get busy. Like I think about like, I, I have constant conversations with young adults. You probably listening to this are in the spot of saying, I got this going on. I like, like whether it's like job, school, just started dating somebody. I got my friends I'm trying to hang out with. And I, I, I play basketball on Thursday nights with Kevin O'Neill. Like I do all <laughs> it's these, a lot. It, it, it's, it's a lot. And it's like, how do I cram Jesus into that? And all I'd say to that is it's possible. It's a matter of priority though. And it's a matter of like, take the time and wherever you're at, like I, I'd, I'd encourage you to just take time and like consider who is Jesus. Like, do I believe that he's the God he is? Because honestly, if Jesus isn't who he says he is, then why would I give so much time? Why would I spend the time and the effort to abide? Um, and, and I think it's a worthy thing to sit and ask the question of like, okay, who is Jesus? Do I actually believe that he's the God who stepped down to be with me? Do I believe that he's the God who gave everything so that I might have everything? Because if he is, then man, that means everything. Yes. Like, I, like I would be like <laughs> fighting for any moment I had, like what you said, like the um, people you're talking about uh, talking with at the pancake breakfast is like, how, how much can I fill my, my life, my everyday life with Jesus? Can I fill it to the brim? Mm. Because that's the God of the universe. I want him to be part of that. And, and, and I think it's like a worthy thing to ask is like, Jesus is asking for that. If you like, I, I said, like read John 15, like he's, he's asking for a lot. And I, and I think if he was anybody else, it wouldn't be worth it. But because he is Jesus, because he is God, yeah, it, it's worth it. So a uh, couple things off the noggin. We're just going to keep going with the noggin thing. Keep going uh, with the noggin, brother. I said that last time. I don't know. Noggin, <laughs> noggin is a funny word today. I'm learning this. But uh, I, I think so your original question was mm. how, how are ways in which we practice uh, maybe abiding? Yeah. And, and I do think there is a sense of... Um, that I, I'm a, a bit of a control freak, and I don't know. I feel like everybody can re- re- resonate with that. Maybe uh, now. My hand. Ma- ma- okay, okay, good. Uh, but there's a control freak mentality in me for everything. But even, yeah. I think what God's been just pressing a lot recently is like, even in my spiritual growth, like yeah. I want to control and go, okay, God, I have this system. I have this process. I get up at five thirty, apparently, with a candle and my coffee. <laughs> I knew, <it> was and <laughs> and, uh, and I have this controlled system in which I'm going to grow with you. And over the, and God has slowly, uh, over the course of many years, I think, been breaking me of that. There's good. It, you need rhythms. You need routines. You need systems to help get this into you. But my 
the the thing of abiding is not doing it it's mm. being with right like that's yeah. the essence of abiding it's making your home with jesus it's relationship to jesus and so i think about um my relationship with kimmy so uh we've been married two and a half almost three years Shout out uh, to Kimmy. i know uh. i know uh she is amazing and i was just thinking about what you were saying about god and in uh when kimmy and i first like met i was like man uh she is absolutely gorgeous beautiful all that and i was like nervous like mm. butterflies in my yeah. stomach hardly wanted to talk to her because i thought she was that incredible mm-hmm. and in my mind you, you you build up and all that and then as you start to talk and you start to get to know her a little bit more a little bit more i could not stop thinking about her right and the, the more that i spent time with her the more i wanted to be with her uh and now it's like Sometimes people, uh, we tend to idolize that stage of marriage where it's like yeah. the your your stomach's all tight, and and that I think about that with followers of Jesus, where uh, you start following Jesus for the first time, and you you ever meet somebody who like gave their life to Christ yeah. just recently, and they're like fired up, and you're oh, like yeah. you're like so man, excited. yeah, you you almost question everything about yourself. You're like yeah. man, they are way more jazzed up about this than I am, <laughs> but then. After Kimmy and I have been married now for a little bit, and as we keep going, yeah. my hope is that, yeah, it, maybe the the butterflies fade. I still think she's incredible. Mm-hmm. I think she's beautiful, all of that. And more so now than when even I met her, because mm-hmm. now we have more of an intimacy. Now we have more of a friendship. Now we have more of a relationship that's like daily. Uh, yeah. So a lot of times in my rhythm, we I see her in the morning. We'll chat then. Uh, I'll check in with her in the afternoon and I'll FaceTime and see my son and get to Mm. hang out that way. And then I go home and I'm with her in the evening and all throughout my day, there's stuff that needs done. There's the, the city, so to speak, that needs cared for or the things that, that aren't a bad thing by any means, but all throughout my day, I'm thinking, man, I can't wait to get home. I can't wait to get home. Why? Because I can't wait to be with her. I think that's the the picture of, that Jesus is given, I think is that, uh, deep desire. And I think that's why marriage is a beautiful picture. I know, yeah. uh, most of us probably are married, right? You're getting ready to mm-hmm. be, but most still listening, but it's this most picture that are we married? R- aren't married. Are Did married. I say are married? Why is that? Are oh, I, I meant aren't, most of us aren't married, but it's that desire. Like a lot of us, a uh, lot, mm-hmm. lot listening would have this desire to be married one day. Yeah. And it's the, yep. the, the relationship that we all long for, but yeah. we often get infatuated with the, the start yeah. of things and not the, the long process or the long obedience in the same direction. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. That's a good book, by the way. Name drop. That is. Yeah. That is. Eugene Peterson. Eugene Peterson. Yeah. That's a great book. Yeah. I, I'm curious about this, and then um, we'll kind of close out. Yeah. Um, so the people listening. So... I, I honestly have faces and names that come to mind, people in my mm-hmm. life, people at Young Adult Group, people here just uh, at Grace in general um, that I think about and I pray about. And I'm like, man, what would it be like to see them grab a hold of this idea of abiding? Mm-hmm. Like I see them on Sundays. They come and that's great. They're involved and I love that. Like we said, like just come, be involved. Like we love that. But to take that step farther, to go beyond, I show up on Sundays and, you know, try to do the good things, be a good person to know my life is soaked in Jesus. Like I like I'm abiding with him day in and day out where uh, if somebody was like, yeah, that, that sounds like what I want, but I don't know where to begin. Mm. 
Like where, where might we steer somebody who's like, yeah, that sounds attractive. That sounds like something I want to do. I just don't know where to start. Yeah. Like, where would we go um, to kind of set ourselves up for that? Like, you know, to even jump in the water of, of uh, starting to abide. Um, I would say that um, as a new Jesus follower or someone that's like interested in it, it seems like a big to-do list. It seems mm-hmm. like I have to read my Bible. I have to pray. <laughs> yeah. I have to go to church. got to do a lot of I things. I have to go to this event. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like a lot of to-dos, mm-hmm. which in those ways... Those are spending time with Jesus um, and can be super beneficial. But um, it takes me back to um, the story of Mary and Martha. I think it's in Luke 10. Um, I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. But Mm -hmm. um, and so Jesus comes to, um, I want to say it's Martha's house. Yeah. And Martha's doing all these things, doing all these things. Mm. And Mary's there and Mary's just sitting at his feet. Yeah. And Martha's like, Jesus, like she's not helping me with anything. What yeah. the heck, pretty much. Yeah. And Jesus is like, Martha, you're distracted mm-hmm. by the things that aren't important. Yeah. She's figured it out. Yeah. She's realized how to spend time with me. Yeah. And just rest with me. And so I would say although those things like reading your Bible might seem like a to-do list. It's actually a call to rest with him. Mm. And I think sometimes even like, all right, you're like, all right, where do I start reading my Bible? Like that might seem like the first thing. It doesn't have to be this huge. I read a hundred pages in one day. (laughs) In fact, I would maybe like challenge against that and say sometimes in some seasons, it's okay to read one verse and meditate on that. It's okay to read for one chapter and just see what the Lord is speaking out of that. What are his characteristics? Who's he's like, who is he like? And so I would, I would almost challenge you in the sense of like, although the Lord does want us to do those things, he wants us to be in communication with him, praying with him. Like ultimately he just wants our heart. Mm -hmm. That's what abiding is, is really about. It's just resting with him, creating a relationship with him, being with him. Um, And so, yeah, I would just say um, in Mm. a sense, start small but also dive in a hundred percent. Yeah. So, okay. Start by reading your Bible. Maybe that is one verse. Find <laughs> yeah. some friends that open you the can, gospel of John. Right. And right. Just go. yeah. Find some friends that you can go to a coffee shop with and just talk about what we talked about on Sunday with find some friends that you can go on a nature walk with and maybe just pray as you walk. What are the things you're grateful for? Yeah. I mean, he, he just wants us to spend time with him. That's, yeah. that's really the bottom line. He wants a relationship. He sent his son, Jesus, so that we can have a relationship with him. And that's all he wants is our hearts. Mm-hmm. So I would say, um, I would kind of say that. Yeah. That's what I would say. Yeah. I, th- I think what you're saying, like, uh, Jesus, start with where you're at, not where you should be. Yeah. That, that, idea whether that's very small and one verse yeah. uh do that uh start there uh i think a lot of times i had this ideal picture of like i'm gonna spend seven hours in the morning <laughs> and you're like one that's not possible no. and and you're like with jesus just me praying most of it i'm gonna be silent most of it's gonna be and you recognize uh in different seasons that's gonna look different oh yeah um, uh, I'll tell you, it looks way different with a kid. I think the most restful thing and the most time I spend with Jesus now, it, it, to some degree, is like uh, sleep. Like, I think he wants me to sleep and just yeah. enjoy that gift that he's given. And then there's other times where I'm like, I, I need to talk to him, yeah. like on a regular basis. I can't, uh, I have to get up early or I have mm-hmm. to set the alarm and get up. 
a, a few minutes just to be with him, be present to him. I, yeah. There's a daily rhythm of like prayer that uh, I think is huge to just um, have maybe throughout the day, the, the morning to be with him, the, after, the, the moment in the afternoon where you're like, okay, I'm just going to break away for the second, go outside, or I don't know, wherever you're at in the afternoon. Some, some of you are working, but you just take a minute to like center your heart. Yeah. Remember, it's not about what I'm doing. It's about who I'm becoming. It's about yeah. who I'm being with. And like everybody else is running a rat race around me that mm-hmm. uh, eventually, like uh, we know a deep secret that life is about being with him. You know, like life is with Jesus and Nobody else knows that secret, and so it's easy to get caught up in the uh, lie that we need to keep doing. So just in the middle of the day, just going, okay, God, remind me again, draw to mind just Jesus, the relationship I have with him, and then closing out in the evening with just some time of like reflection, gratefulness. I think it's just so huge. It's that daily thing that's just little touches throughout the day. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guys, it's been awesome. I think this has been great. We haven't solved all the world's problems. No. We got close. We yeah. got we got pretty close. No, but uh, really grateful to kind of dive into this because this is something that I think is really a, a great starting place and a great like place to like, hey, if we're going to seek to run and resist, it starts by like <laughs> running into a daily rhythm, running into the everyday with Jesus. And so the hope is wherever you're at, whatever you're like, you know, you're doing, wherever you're listening, like, like I'd even encourage you right now is like, as we finish up the podcast, like take a, a few minutes and just be with God. Mm-hmm. Just spend some time abiding with him. Um, and, and even ask the hard questions of like, God, who are you making me into being? Like, like, what does it look like to follow you? Like with my crazy life or with the time I have, like, how do I like start to create the plan? Like work with God, you know, in this. And and our, our hope is this, is that like as a, as a group, uh, young adults, as um, even a greater church that we wouldn't, be defined as a people who is linked to Jesus. And yeah. it's not just a, a, a thing we do on Sunday, not just something we're, we're sort of kind of involved in, but something that carries with us through our days. Yeah. Yeah. Can I do this? Can I just close with a passage? For oh, Ooh. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm thinking of Reve- shaking it up. Revelation three, Jesus is talking and this passage is yeah. often like totally misinterpreted for like uh, first people coming to Jesus and he's writing to followers of Jesus And he says this, he says, here I am, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice, opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person. I'll be with them and they with me. Dang. There it is. That's incredible. That's a good way to end. Yeah. That's a great invitation, man. Well, on that note, man, I'm kind of like, man, how can I, can't add anything on top of that. I'd say... Rewind, re-listen to that a few times and then you'll be solid. But hey, we're we're glad to have been able to have this conversation. Emily, thank you for joining us. Thanks for and having me, guys. Yeah. It's great to be able to to, to talk and, and chat and even just figure out like, yeah, like just from the eyes of a young adult with a couple other guys who are figuring out like just like figuring out what does it mean to to run and resist and to seek to abide and resist Sunday. So grateful for you being here. Thank you. It's fun. And so I guess we'll catch you guys on the next one. Adios. There it is. <laughs> Nicely done, guys. Beautiful. That was awesome. That was great. So good. That was so awesome, y'all.